Hello, friends. I want to let you know before we go into this episode that this is part two of a two-part conversation I'm having with Beth McCord from Your Enneagram Coach. And we are talking about, today we're talking about spiritual formation and the Enneagram, how the Enneagram is used as a tool for spiritual formation. And last week she went through all the nine types and gave an overview of what the nine types are. So if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, you might want to go back and listen to last week's episode first before you listen to this episode. But if you already have listened to last week's episode, let's head into part two of my conversation with Beth McCord. Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. But now we right. get to. Right, right. Now, <laughs> now we, we get, get to do all the talking. Then. So I think I figured out my wing. I think I'm a wing six. Okay. Yeah. I, I call it awfulizing. I mm. always go to worst case scenario of any given anything. Yeah. So when you were talking about the six, I thought, oh, no, I feel that more than I feel the eight. The eight. Yeah. Yeah. But so learn- for those yeah, for those out there, wings are the numbers directly next to your main type. So for you, it, you're a seven mm-hmm. and the numbers next to you are six and eight. I am a nine. My numbers are eight and one. And wings, think of it as like salt and pepper. And mm-hmm. you're a filet mignon, beautiful mm-hmm. filet mignon, cooking it perfectly. When we season a filet mignon, we want to season it to draw out the the beautiful attributes of the filet mignon, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how we can really use the wings is we can use the attributes of the two numbers next to us. We don't become them. We still have our core motivations, which is what I just went through. Mm-hmm. We are still hardwired in that way. But we can bring in some of the attributes of those two numbers to hopefully – uh, when we're aligned with the gospel, flavor us in a really great way, mm-hmm. brings out some really neat things. But when we're misaligned or out of alignment with the gospel, meaning we're trusting in ourselves more than we're trusting in Christ, then we can start to use even our wings, not in, in our own personality, but even our wings in ways that aren't helpful, mm-hmm. like we're over-seasoning or under-seasoning, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't do us right. So that's, it's really important to know. Now we use both our wings to varying degrees, but like what you said is, oh, I can see how I use that six more. Mm -hmm. I resonate with that. And so, and then what you'll find is sometimes you'll use your wings in different situations or circumstances. So I use my eight more just out in my everyday life. And then when I'm working, I can be and need to become very focused and precise and detailed. Mm-hmm. I can bring in the one, which is much more into the details, whereas the eight is much more high level, like big picture. And so it's kind of neat to see how we can use those. And we want to be able to access them. We call them access points or resource points. So if you are cooking a filet mignon and you have the salt and pepper there, wouldn't it be great just to go, hmm. I think I need a little bit more salt or mm-hmm. I think I need a, and like, and, and someone asked me, so like, you just like do it. I'm like, yeah. And in faith, sometimes I go, you know what? I'm going to speak today. And as a nine, I don't think my voice matters. That's the hard wiring mm-hmm. of the nine, but eights are very confident and assertive. And I'm just going to put that on and I'm going to trust the Lord and walk faithfully into this. And he's going to do what he wants to do in and through me. And so that's kind of how I use my wings. And then, of course, you want to recognize when you're 
not using them right. very well, which <laughs> for me as a nine, I tell people I feel like Dr. Banner in The Hulk. Oh, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So Dr. Banner, you know, it's just kind of like your normal guy. And inside it's like, oh my gosh, please don't make me mad. Right. Of course, no, like even my family's like, but, you know, it's really not the Hulk. I'm like, I know, but it feels like it, mm-hmm. you know, and because nines just want peace and harmony all the time. But underneath is for me that eight, you know, the, the ability to be strong and to be big and to protect. Now, sometimes that's really, really great, right? Mm-hmm. Like to stand important. up for injustice right? and very important. Mm-hmm. But when I do it in ways that is not, that's when I need to be very mindful. And that's, again, the whole point of the Enneagram is to know, is my heart aligned with the gospel mm-hmm. or have I veered off course? So am I using my eight wing in a really amazing way that protects others? And because like for nines, I dislike it when people are not treated well, mm-hmm. when they're, when there's hierarchy or someone thinks they're better than others, or they're not thinking kindly. I, that just undoes me. And so that eight can come in, but I, if I use it in a good way, I can use my peacefulness of the nine and the strength of the eight to protect others. And so that can be a really beautiful thing, but it can also derail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes so well. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the beauty of the Enneagram, right? Mm-hmm. And then if I can see when I've done it, not so in a, such a great way, but from a gospel centered perspective, I know it's been taken care of by Christ. I can own that and ask for forgiveness, but simultaneously knowing I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's really beautiful. So anyway, that's the wings, uh, just for those that were kind of wondering. What I was you know. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was very good. Something, too, I want to address, because you've said it a couple of times, because the Enneagram isn't in and of itself a spiritual formation tool. It's its own thing. And there are Enneagram, Enneagram coaches. Not every Enneagram coach is a is looking at the Enneagram from a Christian perspective. Is that correct? Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I would say I'm very, like a very small minority. Okay. (laughs) Thankfully, God has given me a bigger platform to Mm -hmm. be able to to address this, but the Enneagram is just neutral. And so you can take that and spin it however you like. I mean, it's Mm kind of like Myers-Briggs, right? I mean, it's not- It's a tool. It's a tool tool. that can be used in different places. I just didn't, if someone was, oh, I want to know more about the Enneagram, I just didn't want them to- yeah. Google search and expect that oh, everything. Yeah. If yeah. you Google search, you're going to find a wide gamut of opposition and positives and I mean, mm-hmm. just everything. Mm-hmm. But you just want to know who are you following or who are you learning from? Right. And does that match up with your theology and what you feel is really true? Right. And that's why I started this business because I didn't, I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, and God had given us so many great, sweet, really, I worked in the church with my husband. He was the associate pastor. And so we would have staff meetings and I infected everyone with the Enneagram <laughs> and I was the, the church administrative assistant. And we would just talk about the Enneagram all the time and from a gospel centered perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was just so great to be able to say to one another, like, yeah, I'm having a hard day. This is what my core, you know, lies are saying inside me. This is what's going on. And to be able to pray for one another. Well, and it really gives you language of how yeah. to communicate about what that inner dialogue is. Yes. Or what's and, happening. And then for the rest of us to not commit, and I, this is what I say a lot, is to not commit a suicide. Because mm. we all assume everyone's thinking the same way we think, and then when they don't, we're upset and we judge, and you know how dare they? And it's like, wait, 
no, they're not even like even on the same planet, you know, right. as you. Yeah. And that really helps because then we can have compassion and empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. And we can have a totally different conversation because like you and me being different types, let's say if you're always wanting to go and have fun and do stuff and the nine wants to just chill and relax, <laughs> I could, and here's, well, this is a good point, actually. My dad's a seven. Okay. And I remember growing up, you know, he would go to the office on Saturday mornings and get work done. He would always say, Hey, whenever you guys are going to do anything, just let me know. I'd be happy to like come back. And as a nine, I'm like, why can't you just be here? Mm. You know, like I just want you to be here. Why do you have to go off and do something until we do something? And he just loved being busy, busy, busy. <laughs> and that my interpretation was, Am I, and of course, my dad and I have an amazing relationship. He took me out on dates, you know, growing mm-hmm. up and vacations just with him and me. But this is the point. So even though he was an amazing father, even that little bit of the sevenness rubbed my nineness in a way that kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. But that was never his intention. Mm-hmm. He was ready to come home and be with us at any moment. But the nine longed to just be mm-hmm. with me, just be. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if I would have ever been able to articulate that, he would. Right. And actually, when we would go, we would go fly fishing and we would just be in the water together, right? Mm-hmm. He would teach me how to fish. And those were such great, rich moments because of how I saw the world. Mm-hmm. Now, for him, it was fun because it's it was the his passion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and what he loved to do. So it really worked well for us. But you can see how we can in- misinterpret mm-hmm. other people's way of thinking or living in ways that aren't really true. So if we ask clarifying questions before we just commit a suicide and react on that assumption, then we have so much more that we can, so much more growth in our relationships that we can have. Right. And you actually just wrote a book about the Enneagram and marriage, right? Yes. It's going to come out October 1st, 2019. So kind of around the corner. And we're so excited. Yes. So my husband and I wrote Becoming Us, how to use the Enneagram to create a thriving gospel-centered marriage. Mm. And, and what's your so husband? The f- what number is your husband? He is a six. Okay. And he had more of a seven wing when he was younger and now more of a five wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also, for those that understand this, he's the counterphobic six. So he actually looks more eight-ish, okay. but he is definitely a six. And we've been married 24 years and have two kids who are 20 and 18 right now, type six and a type two. And so it's really explaining not, it's just all that God has taught us through ministry. I mean, we don't really bring it through the ministry perspective, but just being in the ministry and using the Enneagram as a gospel center mm-hmm. perspective, how we committed a suicide all throughout our marriage, but then how God and the Holy Spirit have helped us to ask those clarifying questions. And then, so what we do is in the book, we're showing kind of, it's kind of an autobiography of our relationship, mm-hmm. but using the Enneagram and our transformational process through the gospel. But it's through a few chapters on communication, conflict, family of origin, and then dreaming together mm-hmm. and how, and the gospel is just permeated throughout. And so then on the back side of the book is more of a reference guide. So you would have six pages on type seven and four mm-hmm. of those pages would be understanding you. Mm-hmm. And the last two pages is understanding them. So your husband would read that section and go, Oh, that's why, you know, <laughs> yeah. she is this way or what causes conflict or how to affirm the seven. So, mm-hmm. so you'll be able to, I mean, of course he would read probably all six pages, mm-hmm. but we really wanted to put the language in understanding me and understanding them. 
so that you guys could have that common resource to really uh, utilize. So that's going to be a, we call it the roadmap, you know, so Mm -hmm. how to use that to understand one another and communicate better. Because that's the thing. We all are communicating from our perspective. And so asking clarifying questions or giving clarifying statements, like I know like my husband and I will say a lot of times, like I can start to say something and I go, oh, wait. In my mind, I'm going, this is a nine thing. I better say, hey, just to let you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm feeling that. What are your thoughts? You know, so I'm clarifying that I understand I have a specific bent or perspective and I'm not making it a hard, fast rule. I'm opening it up for discussion. So, yes, so that's coming out October 1st. And we're going to have actually marriage courses for all 45 types. Wow. Or a couple types. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's 45 types. You know, there's the type one. There are two type ones. There's a type one and a type two, type one and type three. You know, mm-hmm. so those are the couplets, right? Right. So there are 45 of those, and we're going to make a course for all 45. So you would get a course for you and your husband. So it's type seven and type five. Mm-hmm. And we're going to address some really specific things that, going, that you, of course, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, they're reading our diary. Um, Or do they have cameras in the house? (laughs) Uh, But then how to navigate your relationship in a much Mm -hmm. more gospel-centered way. So that is going to be the course that we're going to have to go with the book as well. That's very exciting. Because just even the little bit that I've learned about a five, thinking about me being a seven and wanting to have fun and go and entertain and have people over and to him be a five and have that 5% left on his phone and I'm trying to stream something. To yeah, understand like, let's that. Go. Right. Or for yeah. me to want to be taken care of and for him as a five to think, well, I take care of myself and other people should take care of themselves to realize, yes. oh, that's like that's his that's his starting place. Yes. It's not it's not how I'm receiving it as a seven all the time. Right. But right. good to know, but that's where he's starting. Yeah. So yeah. Helpful. So here's a great example of, you know, how to use the book and the course is as you guys have that uh, aha moment, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, at the end of the day, you you might even be tired, but that's not going to stop a seven. Like, mm-hmm. I want to still have fun. And some like someone calls and says, hey, let's go out to dinner. You're like, sweet. Yes, let's go. Your husband comes home from work and you're like, hey, we're going to go out with Sue and Bob. They asked us out to dinner. And your husband looks at you like, uh, yeah, that's not possible. I literally have 1% on my phone, you know. Mm-hmm. But here's the cool thing is now he can come home and you can, or you could even text him ahead of time saying, Hey, you know, we've got this invitation. I'd really love to take them up on it. What percent is your phone at right now? Mm -hmm. Like your internal Mm -hmm. phone. And could this be possible? And if it could be possible, what do you need in -hmm. order to recharge to get there? Mm -hmm. Because I'd really like to do this. Now he might say, there's nothing that you could do. This day Mm -hmm. has been a disaster. But he might be able to say, you know what, let me come home, let me spend 30 minutes by myself just processing, you know, doing whatever they do to to recharge. Mm -hmm. And then he might feel like, yes, I can come back out for the rest of the evening and plug back in with you all. And Mm -hmm. that would, because then you're like, hey, I get you. I don't necessarily understand it all the time, but let me serve you by asking, what do you need? but also letting you know what I would love and need and how can we meet in the middle? Mm-hmm. That's how you guys can really use it. Well, and it's so honoring. I mean, the, yeah. like, what can I do to, to make this work for you? That's such an right. honoring question. Right. Instead of it being, you know, kind of I selfish. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> what? 
I, I've got to get out of the house. I've got to mm-hmm. go have some fun. How can you do this to me again? Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't win anything, right? No, no. Like that never helps. No. <laughs> but when we see each other through each other's lenses mm-hmm. and come towards one another, it just really helps with communication and understanding and learning how these, and then we can, like, he could even say, you know, Hey, I, I just want you to know, like, let's say he already knows you guys have an event that night mm-hmm. and he is getting depleted because his day is just gone awry. Then he could say, Hey, I know we have that event tonight and I don't want to be so depleted that I am just worthless. So can I come home and spend 15 minutes just alone or whatever it is that he would enjoy. And then you're like, yes, thank you for telling me. Like, Mm -hmm. I would love to serve you in that way. So this is where the Enneagram is so powerful with relationships because it gives you new ways to see and new words to speak to one another Mm -hmm. that can edify and honor one another. And more importantly, to point them back to Christ. And that's kind of what we were going to get into is that core longing message is how can we really speak to our loved ones not only the message they long to hear, because even if we give it to them all day, every day, right. it will never fill them up. Mm-hmm. They have to get it from Christ first. So do you want us to, to dive yeah. into that? Yeah, let's talk Let's talk about the Enneagram as a, as a tool for spiritual formation, for spiritual growth. And yeah. I think talking about that core longing of mm-hmm. the types, and then how does Christ answer that longing? Yeah, good. Yeah, so... In Jeremiah 2.13, it talks about that we have forsaken God, the spring of living water. So think of the spring of living water like right next to you. It's flowing. It's fresh. It's amazing. So we turn from that and we start to dig the cistern or, it could, you know, cisterns could have been like a well that doesn't have a spring. You have to like fill it up. So you've dug it, you put mortar around it and then gotta go get the water and fill it up. And then it gets stale and, you know, gross. But what God says is not only did we turn and dig our own cistern, but the cistern's broken. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you had a clay pot and it has a crack, you can fill it all day, every day, and it's just not going to work. But that's what we do in life. We all have these cisterns that we're trying to fill, and we are expecting and demanding others to fill it for us as well. So the core longing is that message that we long for people to tell us. And that's kind of, we think, oh, here, fill it over here in this cistern. What it feels like is someone brings a thimble of water and tosses it in. And you're like, really? Uh, Yeah, that's that's (laughs) not going to do it. But our spouses or our parents or whoever feels like they're bringing even a hose, but even if they did have a hose, Mm -hmm. it's still broken, right? It's still never going to fill up. And we will then demand, judge, and punish those that do not do it the way that we think. And they're never going to do it. So what we need to recognize is, okay, that cistern isn't going to work. The only thing that's going to work is if we turn back to the spring of living water and drink as much as we want, mm-hmm. be as filled as we want, restored as much as we want, like it's ever flowing. Mm-hmm. It's constantly there. So when we fill up on what Christ has done and what he says to us and about us, then when our family brings us a little bit of water, it's all just like this extra bonus. It's like we're already hydrated. It's like, it's like I was telling you earlier, it's like, it's like whipped cream on hot chocolate. It's mm-hmm. like sweet bonus. Like, mm-hmm. so we're going to enjoy what they give us versus demand it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through again the messages that they that we all long for and I'm just going to touch a real high overview of how Christ answers that but in my exploring you course I take you through a whole exercise on it 
So the ones, the moral perfectionists, they long to hear you are good. Mm-hmm. Now, on this side of heaven, type ones, you're absolutely right. You are not good. And so you're probably thinking, well, Christ can't say that to me. Well, he can because he has put his righteousness on you. And when he looks at you, he sees his righteousness and he declares you righteous. So he can say you are good because of his work in and through you. Type twos, you long to hear you are wanted and loved for just being you. Mm -hmm. But you think you have to serve all the time to be wanted. Well, that's not the case with Christ. He already saw that you were a sinner and weak. You were already not, you know, worthy of his love. But he loved you anyway, and he came, pursued you out of heaven, did all the work for you Mm -hmm. because he wanted you and loved you. Type threes, their core longing is that you are loved and valued for being yourself. So remember, these these two sound similar. The twos think that they have to serve, give, uh, nurture, support for the love. The Mm -hmm. threes think they have to achieve, be the best. Well, God says, no. I achieved for you. You don't need to do that anymore. You don't have to have the image. You're already loved for exactly who you are. I know, I know you. I know your most authentic self mm-hmm. more than you do, mm-hmm. and you are loved. The fours, they long to be seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. They're constantly feeling misunderstood. But God knows you more than you know yourself. He knitted you together in your mother's womb, and he sees you and understands you fully and loves you for exactly who you are. The fives, they long to hear your needs are not a problem. So fives feel like their needs are like big boulders Mm -hmm. and that if they ask someone to help them, they're handing over this huge boulder that is detrimental to the other person. So what they want to do is try to minimize their needs and kind of hoard their resources so that they don't have very many needs and that they can take care of themselves. But God says, you know what? Your needs were way bigger than you thought, and I've taken care of all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So for him, it's not a problem. Type sixes, they long to hear you are safe and secure. And I, I think in a some sense, that's an easy one for us all to see is like, well, yeah, he is the God of the universe, almighty, king of kings, all powerful. But it is true. He is the cleft, the rock. He will keep us safe in the mm-hmm. storm. And it's his delight to do that. Now, sevens, they long to hear you will be taken care of. And for the sevens, some sevens are like, wait, what? Like, I don't understand. Well, sevens have that insatiable desire to fill themselves up, and they feel like no one is helping them to get full, to feel satisfied, that everyone is saying no or stop or just settle down. And for them, again, like that starving child, like, but I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. Well, Christ says, no, I will take care of you. I am that spring. You can drink as much as you want. It's in abundance. And so Christ fully satisfies the inner core of the seven. Then the type eight is the protective challenger. They long to hear you will not be betrayed. Mm-hmm. And the good news of that is, is that Christ was the most betrayed. And he, when he says he will not betray or forsake you, he's not going to do it. You can trust him full heartedly. Um, and he has done everything to show that he will be there for you. And then last but not least, the type nines, they long to hear your presence matters. And for us nines, we feel that we don't matter. Our voice doesn't matter. We'll just kind of hide in the background. Don't assert ourselves. And God is like, no, I have designed you to see all perspectives to bless others with this kindness, this heart of mediation and reconciliation, and to be strong in that. And so 
what he wants us to know is that our presence, our talents, our insights, our desires and passions are important, and that we have to show up in order to bless others. So those are how Christ answers the core longings. Those are so good. And a little heartbreaking to think about that those are, you know, when I, people I know who are the different numbers, that those, that that's their, their longing. Are there other like practices or disciplines or pathways that personalities are different? And I think how we experience God is different, but have there been different practices or disciplines that either you, you have used yourself or have used with clients that seem to be really helpful? Yeah. In my Exploring You course, we kind of get into that, especially in the last the last session. It's called Implications of Grace okay. for Your Type. So speaking the gospel specifically to you. But what I always tell people is the gospel is true, right? No mm-hmm. matter what. But mm-hmm. God also created us uniquely and different. And so I know that a, a lot of times we will hear sermons or read books that say, okay, you need to have a quiet time like this, or you need to do this like this. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's coming from their perspective. And so when I'm with sevens, I'm like, go have some fun with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, let it be spontaneous and fun and rich, but, but at the same time planned, you know, cause that's a Mm -hmm. good thing, a good move for a seven is to be planned and focused. It's a healthy thing, but it doesn't have to be planned and boring and drudgery. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that is not how God designed you. Now, for a type one, if I were to say, go be spontaneous, they would look at me like, you're crazy, you know? <laughs> um, and so what does growth and a vibrant life with Christ look like for your type? Where do you feel the most freedom, the most grace, the most joy? And that's where you would just want to meet Christ and and what that looks like. So the conversation is never ending, really. But I think it's something for each type to explore, to be filled with grace and awe and wonder of what does it look like for them to connect with Christ? Where do they find that refreshing water, right? Mm -hmm. Like when are they restored versus just listening to, you know, someone else say, oh, well, you must do it this way. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really struggle with things like uh, social media and Pinterest. Not that they are wrong or bad. Those can be very good tools. But if we are trying to live by how everyone else is or Mm -hmm. what they're telling us to do, we're going to be really sad and disappointed. We need to get in touch with how is God calling us to live in accordance with him and how he designed us, how the bent he has made us. And so it's a process. And I just really encourage people, one, to get the Exploring You course, obviously, Mm -hmm. because then you'll get some concepts and ideas, but then take it further and invent your own ways of connecting with the Lord that really are ring true for who you are. Yeah, that's one thing that we've talked about time and again during this series is, I mean, there I think there are some prescriptive things, like in some way you should be in God's word and spending time with him. But mm-hmm. but but there's not a prescription of what that has to look like. And right. so a lot of conversations I've had, I've had, you know, I want, I've said, this is a description, not a prescription of what you should do and trying to bring different people on because I, I do think we, like I experience God in nature. And so yes. to be outside, to be, to, you know, be walking and to be in his creation is worshipful for me. Yeah. And that sounds like a nightmare to other people. So. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that 
is really glorious and beautiful. And, and so that's where it's great because when we think about the Enneagram, we, what we see is um, well, you see all nine types and you see the symbol. It's a nine pointed star. Mm-hmm. What I want people to see with my, at least my logo, I have dots on each of the points and each of those dots represent people. Mm-hmm. And what I want people to realize is that we are all diverse and God created us like that, right? The mm-hmm. body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We, we're not all hands. We're not all feet. We need the diversity so that we can unify in glorifying God. But that doesn't mean we have to become uniform, mm-hmm. right? We don't need right. uniformity. We need unity. And so to bless one another and to spur them on in the way that God designed them and to con- for them to connect with the Lord in the most authentic and genuine way that brings true life and abundance in them is really what we need to be seeking after. But that's, of course, I'm not at all saying, oh, well, that doesn't, you know, you don't need to read your Bible. No, I'm saying, how does reading your Bible for you bring about life and joy? Is Mm -hmm. it reading a long chapter and diving into all the minutia and the details, like maybe some fives and other types would love the commentaries and the Mm -hmm. resources. (laughs) Whereas maybe some people love to memorize one verse at a time. And, you know, there's just, Mm -hmm. I just want people to realize that God created us all differently and to bless one another and our different perspectives really sees more the heart of God Mm -hmm. versus trying to make everyone like us. Right. This is so good. This has been such a great conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for letting me say all these things. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is great. So when I knew that you were coming on, I went on Instagram and asked if people had questions about the Enneagram. And I've gotten a few. One of the questions is, what's the best place to start exploring? Yeah. So the best place, you know, what I would say is my Discovering You course. And we'll put in your show notes a coupon code that they can, you know, get. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but that's the best place because it's basically taking this really complex system and distilling it down into like a Cliff Notes version, right? Mm -hmm. So, let me do all the hard work. You guys just listen. And it's super easy to understand. It's, you know, a slideshow presentation with um, really great graphics so that you can just be done in like two hours. You're going to have a full understanding of the Enneagram, how to use it, but also all nine types so that you can really hone in on which one is your type. You'll be amazed at how much you're going to learn. But for those that aren't like beginner beginners, this mm-hmm. is still for you. This is to bring anyone from beginners that are you know, slight intermediate all the way up to a full advanced intermediate Enneagram work. Any of those, and this can be from teenage years on up. So I encourage families to, to watch Discovering You together, couples, etc. cetera. Um, friends, get together, have some popcorn, watch <laughs> Discovering You. Um, but that's the first and best place, I would say, to really find your type because it's not as easy as it sounds. And so trying to get to that core motivation of why you do what you do, let me help you in that way. Yeah. And to that point, too, if when they go to your website, they'll see that there's a, a free assessment. And yes. you can correct me if I'm wrong. But from what I've heard, that tests are fine, but it's really learning about the Enneagram that helps yes. you identify your type. Right. So, you know, of course... I think a lot of us, I mean, I'm sure not all the assessments are this way, but most of the assessments have really tried their best to be as, you know, to help you define your accurate type. But Mm -hmm. because this is about why you do what you do, it's up to you 
on how well you know yourself (laughs) and how well you'll take the assessment. So a lot of people Mm -hmm. are like, I'm confused. I come out with a bunch of numbers, you know, I've Mm -hmm. taken it several times. Well, there's reasons for that. And it could be a type thing because there are certain types that have a hard time taking tests because they can land on a bunch of numbers. So in those scenarios, that's why the course is really helpful because I'm really showing you the essence of the types and to help you to find out which one is yours. So the assessments are kind of a guiding post, but they're not the say all and all for okay. sure. Okay. The next question is, how do you process when you think you are a certain, a certain type, but the description isn't 100% you? There's going to be a couple reasons for that. The first and foremost could be, it's not you. So people that have taken the assessment and let's say they land on type two, Mm-hmm. But they're really a type nine, which can be a common uh, mistyping. And they're reading two, and and they can definitely see a lot of themselves because both twos and nines are very helpful and giving and kind. But they're going to do it for different reasons. And so if they're reading about the two, but they're really a nine. They're going to read things that are like somewhat true for them because they do mm-hmm. serve and all that stuff. But then there's going to be some things that don't land on them. And so it could be that you've been mistyped. The other thing is there are many layers to the Enneagram. And so when people are writing about the types, they have to give more of a stereotypical, like the majority type. But let's say you're one of the counter types. So like my husband is a type six, but he is the one that is the counter type, which means it doesn't look quite like the type of six that's typically written about. So that can feel like, well, that doesn't sound like me, but he can know it's him because the core motivations is still the same. Mm -hmm. So that's why you want to hinge on those core motivations we talked about earlier in the podcast is that's where you're going to find, is this my type or is this not my type? Um, And that's the most important thing to land on is those core motivations. Okay. And so then this leads into the next question. Can your type change? The answer is a no. Yes. (laughs) Let me explain. No, in the sense that you will always stay your main type. Okay. So I'm a type nine. I've always been a type nine, was born with type nine lenses on, saw the world through the lens of a nine, interpreted my childhood through the lens of a nine. But yes, we change in the sense that when I'm using my wings differently, it doesn't mean my, my number changes, but how I demonstrate my number changes. So okay. it's kind of like, you know, you go to, Sherman Williams and there's, you know, all those different shades of blue and red. Mm-hmm. So let's say for nines in my logo, nines are purple. Well, the purple doesn't change, but the shade does. So mm-hmm. let's say I use a little bit more of the type eight color. Well, that changes the shade of, of my purple. Okay. If I use more of the type one, it changes the shade. And then there's other um, components that we didn't get into today that would also affect the shade. And so I still remain my main type, but Due to how I use the Enneagram, in a sense, it feels like we're changing. So I'll just give a really quick answer is that when I'm under stress, any of us are under stress, we will typically take on attributes of a certain number that we're connected to. So those lines matter. And for me as a nine, when I'm under stress, I will take on the attributes of a six, like average to unhealthy six. So me, this easy, peaceful, peaceful, like go with the flow type person Mm -hmm. will all of a sudden become anxious, defensive, reactive, Mm -hmm. irritable. And that helps me to know, uh uh-oh, something's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stressed or my family can, if they're, you know, in a good place, they can go, hey, are you okay? You know, it seems like 
something's going on. Mm -hmm. So yes. So in a sense, I kind of do change, but yet fundamentally I haven't. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that like you're always purple, but you might be be a different shade of purple. Yeah. So my Discovering You class covers this exactly. And we'll Mm -hmm. make it very clear on how we do somewhat change the shade, Mm -hmm. but not the actual color. Okay. So the last question I have is, I would love to hear some discussion on people who are apprehensive about the Enneagram or think it's dangerous. Yeah, you know, so because the Enneagram has, you know, is neutral and has been used in a wide variety of ways and belief systems, it does make sense that, you know, Christians are a little unsure of what is this? Why is it all of a sudden popping up and gaining traction? And and then people can get on the internet and of course, just like anything, you <laughs> can get all the positives, the negatives. And so people want to know that they're getting into something that is good for them, which is why, you know, we're here as your Enneagram coach. Our whole process of using the Enneagram is, our mission statement is for people to see themselves with astonishing clarity so that they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame, and experience the unconditional love, freedom, and forgiveness of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's our mission. And I think it's just like anything, it's how you use this tool that matters. Uh, The Enneagram is this neutral tool, and we are very specific in using it to help ourselves to understand our hearts better so we can be aligned with the gospel. You know, so really it's going to depend on who you're learning it from, how they're using it. But the biggest thing also is to use it correctly. A lot of people will use this tool in a way that can bring shame on others Mm -hmm. or themselves. And so we really want them to not use it as a sword, um, to not, you know, either poke fun, be sarcastic or even hurtful and don't use it as a shield. So you don't want to be like, well, I'm a type nine. That's just what I do. Got to live with it. Like that does not promote good relationship growth. And so it is important to make sure that who you're learning it from really just has their eyes and mind set on the things of Christ. Yeah. Some, one of the things that we've talked about in past episodes is a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. A fixed mindset says, I'm either good at it or I'm not. Where a growth mindset says, oh, I failed. What can I learn from this? And what can I do to do better next time? Uh And it, what struck me was that I was operating with a fixed mindset. So what you were saying about using, using the Enneagram as a shield could also be Uh like using it as a fixed mindset versus saying, no, this is a growth tool. This is how I am, but I'm going to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything about, well, is there anything about the Enneagram we haven't talked about? Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot. Is there anything else that you want to make sure we cover in the realm of the Enneagram and spiritual growth or spiritual formation? Yeah, I would just say, you know, give it time. You know, the Lord knows how he wants you to grow and the time he wants you to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's why our mission statement is said that way, to not have self-condemnation, fear, and shame, because that's what our flesh, our the lower parts of our personality wants to go to all the time. But that mm-hmm. is not what Christ is about. That's not what the Holy Spirit is about. It's actually the opposite. And so give yourself time, give yourself some grace and some patience, set up the rumble strips, but most importantly, be encouraged that he already has the victory Mm. won. And so you can rest in his provision and care instead of trying to measure up or do something perfectly right. Um, He did that for you. See, that's why I asked you to come on and talk about this. (laughs) I love that. 
Okay. There are two questions that I ask all of my guests. The yeah. first one is, how do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does that look like for you? Okay. Well, I'm laughing inside because I'm like, well, that's just what us nines do. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of the above. Um, mm-hmm. No, but it really can for a nine, the unhealthy part could be me checking out, zoning out, mm-hmm. um, numbing out. And so to be very aware of that, that that's not the healthiest way to retreat and rest. Mm-hmm. It's a false way that for a second feels like it's going to bring me some satisfaction or peace. Um, but what really brings me rest is when I'm intentional about maybe going out and being in a hammock, going and fishing, you know, being in nature, just being very present and not my mind checking out mm-hmm. is a very good place for me to be. And the other question is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Yeah, well, it was funny because <laughs> you, you told me this before the podcast, which is a good thing because at nine, I would have been blank and maybe not have said anything, <laughs> but we had time to talk about it. So we walked through the fog before the uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we came up with was sometimes in the car, I will dance to 80s music mm-hmm. like <laughs> I was still in the 80s. Um, and my kids are like, oh, my gosh, mom, please stop. Um but I hate dancing in front of people. So that's the only place you'll ever catch me dancing is in the car. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, thank you so much. I, you know, when I've seen you on Instagram and I've seen you sharing about the Instagram and, and how it can contribute to our spiritual formation, I knew that I wanted to have you on and I have not at in any way been disappointed with anything. I'm just so glad I asked you to come and that you accepted the invitation. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's been a joy. I love um, speaking to you and hopefully this will be a blessing to others. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Mm-hmm.